Unless you've been living under a rock, you've been dealing with supply chain problems, hearing it in the news, and what I propose is the question of what happens when stuff actually completely runs out. That's the first thing we'll discuss. The second thing is the Fed admission. What did they say? I will bring that to you. And the third is the China-US tango. This dance has been going for a while, but here right now, there's an issue that really highlights what has happened with U.S. dollar-denominated debt. All of that and more. Let's go. So take a look at this. We are talking about perhaps the most important commodity in the world, oil. U.S. oil hub emptying to levels last seen when crude cost one hundred dollars a barrel traders say that cushion stockpiles might fall to critical levels within weeks the last time that happened was in 2014 okay so this is not something that is let's just say a once in a lifetime event but it is not typical stockpiles at the biggest u.s crude depot are quickly approaching critically low levels the last time this happened crude was hundred dollars a barrel the storage tanks in cushing oklahoma require a minimum level of oil to maintain normal operations which traders generally believe is around 20 million barrels unusually for this time of year stockpiles declined more than 4 million barrels over the past two weeks to 31 million and are expected to drop rapidly due to the world's insatiable demand for u.s light sweet crude now this is important because there are many factors here and you could see that the price which i'll show you right now is wti crude at 82 dollars a barrel i've been talking about this situation ever since it was in the negative and now we have the exact opposite problem if you remember what happened when oil was briefly trading in the negative you couldn't give this stuff away i mean they were literally paying for people to get rid of it that's the situation and now today you may not be able to buy it at any price what does that tell you about what has happened right now what do you think would happen to the price if this occurs of course it's going to go up but this is not the only place where oil is. But when you have these temporary or limited disruptions, it has a ripple effect. Crude oil could justifiably trade to the next level higher on the storage drought at Cushing alone. Forget about fuel switching, whether OPEC plus adds additional barrels or dollar weakness. If Cushing continues to slide, it could get ugly quickly. Now, this is so big, so important, and I wanted to just stress it for a moment. Over the past, over the coming weeks, stockpiles are likely to fall further to the operational low. Traders at some of the biggest oil merchants in the world said, prompting the market to turn even more bullish. And while the price had come down here, we've seen where it's gone. There's always going to be fluctuations because of how much this is really speculated on. Take a look. What happens if the world's key metal exchange has no metal? LME impose emergency rules to avoid delivery failures. This is so important. And they're talking about this company here. Uh, if I pronounce it, Trafigura explains its role in draining LME copper stocks. Look at it. 
What happens when the London Metal Exchange runs out of metal? That's the question the exchange is urgently, urgently trying to address for its flagship copper contract, which sets the price, uh, which sets the global price for one of the world's most important commodities. So you've got these futures exchanges where a lot of times they never take the physical delivery. But what happens when they do? Many have asked, what about silver? What about gold? If they started to ask for the physical delivery, do you think they could stay in operation? Hmm. Let's look at this. The problem stems from LME's physical nature. Anyone holding a contract to expiry becomes the owner of a package of metal in an LME warehouse. On the other hand, anyone who has sold one must deliver the metal when the contract expires. But with available copper inventories at warehouses falling below 20,000 tons, less than China's factories consume in one day, traders grappling with the possibility that there simply won't be any metal to deliver. What would this do to the price? When you have a disruption, you have a price that gets real wacky. Speaking of prices, Unilever goes all out on pricing as inflation accelerates. Dove soap makers' prices rise at the fastest rate in nine years. CEO sees another, at least, another 12 months of inflationary transitory pressure. Yeah, we heard about that. Then you look at the Mannheim Used Car Index at a new all-time high again, as expected. Inventories falling, of course, completely correlated. And then we see the comparison of the Mannheim U.S. Used Vehicle Index and the U.S. CPI Urban Consumers Used Car Trucks. So that, of course, is lagging behind. And you could see what's potentially going to happen. Are the prices going to skyrocket again? It looks like it will. Based on this, we never know until it happens. But of course, this is where we are at. Prices are rising everywhere, everywhere and everywhere. Backlog of cargo ships at Southern California ports reaches an all-time high. Have you heard me say that one before? Believe it or not, this is new information because it just continues to get worse and worse and worse. Okay, Tuesday had more than 100 ships waiting to unload. This just gets worse. I mean, I told you about the containers being just left on Anaheim Street outside of LA Long Beach. If anybody has any details on that, please let me know. And if you appreciate the level that I go to to get this information, hit that thumbs up button, all right? It does support me and makes it more likely for these videos to end up in your home or recommended feed. Then you've got this, gas hits $7.59 a gallon in California town, but this wouldn't be much of a price increase for people in places in Canada, places in Europe. People are paying more when you um, factor it all in. It's just crazy to see that the price had come up so much. That's the point. The prices are going berserk. Certain commodities may be difficult to actually buy at all. As a result of this, the prices may go berserk. Invest according to these out-of-control situations. You've got to look at what's happening, look at the fundamentals behind it, and then you put your money where your mouth is.
Oh, my favorite topic, you know it, the Federal Reserve. If you love the Fed as much as I do, make sure to give a thumbs up. Fed to ban policymakers from owning individual stocks, restrict trading following controversy. Oh, oh, I'm so thankful that they did this, right? Yeah, look, let's be honest. By the way, this is the official press release. What exactly has happened here? The Federal Reserve, members of the Fed, including Jerome Powell, were buying and selling in stocks, buying and selling their stocks throughout this period. Okay, they're multi-millionaires, they're putting money in, they're selling off, and of course, they are privy to information you and I are not. But at the same time, we have to understand it isn't, in my opinion, it isn't a problem that you have people in high positions that are making these purchases, doing these sales. This problem stems from the actual existence of this institution. It is a private institution masquerading as it being you know, helpful to you, the public, and instead takes from you every single day when you study the history you start to figure this all out and it is pretty apparent why did the federal reserve do the things that they did initially why did they print the money why did they set up the special purpose vehicles why has all of this been done and none of that being looked at why did the federal reserve during the limited audit of the fed pump out 16 trillion dollars gave it to institutions around the world and when congress asked after the audit came out who did you give the money to tell us who you gave the money to the response from ben bernanke was no that in my opinion is far more important on March 23rd last year, the Federal Reserve was taking extraordinary steps to shore up the financial markets. The central bank's ethics office said in Washington sent out a warning. Yes, that's right. But they said, of course, they want to avoid unnecessary trading for a few months. But nothing was done. So they said they warned them in advance. And of course, they still did what they had to do. In addition to that, Apparently, they were still within the rules, but now they've added in additional rules. So they can only basically buy mutual funds, which I'm not sure they're going to want any part of that. So they're going to have to figure out another loophole around it. Fed's Bostic sees interest rate hike coming next year as inflation lingers. You know about this already. This is something that he was been uh, discussing previously. And then we had this, Federal Reserve Governor. Randall Quarles said that he favors an initial move to slow monetary stimulus next month and is concerned by a broadening of inflationary pressures that could require a policy response. So I watched a bunch of this or listened, I should say, to a bunch of this interview. I do it so you don't have to. So if you appreciate that, you got to support me, all right? Trust me, it's dry. It's so dry. I mean, just the amount of water I had to drink to keep it going. Anyway, I would support a decision at our November meeting to start reducing these purchases. And of course, the expectation here is from $120 billion a month down to 105. Still a lot of money. And then essentially saying the quote here that he actually stated was, if I can just um, paraphrase it, I have it written, actually I have it written down. Transitory doesn't necessarily mean short-lived. Hmm. 
Is that is that so? Because they kind of changed the definition um, from last year. Anyway, uh, but they can do that because of their positions. They could say whatever they want and everything is all good. Quarles said that he agreed that the current high inflation is transitory. Sure. And that the central bank is not behind the curve with this monetary policy and basically saying, look, things are getting wacky, supply chain this, supply chain that, inflation is a bit high, but don't worry because you're just going to pay it and that's all good. Whatever. A lot of questions I had after this interview because it, it just doesn't add up. And they call it Fed speak for a reason. This right here is talking about what's going on with China. That's right. Let me cover it real quick, okay? Jeffrey's analyst pointed out on a note on Monday that many Chinese companies, especially property developers, have raised large amounts of U.S. dollar-denominated debt. That's going to become more difficult to repay when the U.S. dollar climbs. So if they start to tighten, if the U.S. starts to tighten, this is going to create a problem for other countries, China being one of them. So if the dollar climbs or U.S. yields start to rise on the back of the Federal Reserve's planned reduction in asset purchases, the Fed released meeting minutes last Wednesday that they showed they were going to, meeting minutes last week that they were going to, you know, increase and then tightening and so on. Persistent inflationary pressures limits the potential scope of monetary policy easing. So what does China have to do as a result? Can they do the easing? They're in this serious cash 22 situation right now. You've got the real estate sector that's taking an absolute beating. They were trying to tighten things up a little bit, trying to secure it. But that seems like it might be a very difficult task here and now. Evergrande sends funds for its $83.5 million bond interest payments. Evergrande has remitted the funds for a key interest payment that was due ahead of the 30-day grace period that ends tomorrow. And this right here was, as it says right here, this is an offshore bond. This was being watched. Everybody had eyes on it. And it looks like they were able to pay up. Might have been a help from a little friend. So we'll see. And then I want to end with this. If you stayed to the end, just check this out. Silicon Valley entrepreneur Sam Altman wants to scan your eyes in exchange for free cryptocurrency. How does that sound? Would you scan your eye to get some free crypto? Well, apparently already amassed over 100,000 users globally to it. Would you? Let me know in the comments section below. If you want to support the channel, it's pretty easy. Hit that thumbs up. If you want these to be in your home, your feed, all of that, you've got to subscribe to the channel. Make sure you click that little bell. And when you click the bell, you got to hit that notify me every time. I only bring out the latest and greatest information. So you definitely want to do that. And if you haven't seen this video yet, you've got to take a look. There's so much detail, so much information. Click it. I'll see you there.